0: Welcome to The Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me, as always, is... Eddie of Edward is Truth. And this episode, we are diving back into Sinister, released Mm -hmm. uh, October 12th, 2012. However, uh, it initially had its premiere at South by Southwest on March 11th, 2012. So it is 10 years old
1: uh, wow. at the
0: time of this episode's release. Um, at least I'm going by that date, because that's why we chose sure, this yeah. episode, because it's uh, it turned 10 <laughs> years old. And I haven't seen it since it uh, came out in the theater. So 10 years now. Or what did you half, think about really. it? Um, <laughs> at the time... I don't know. Oh, I had I had issues. I mean, it, it was definitely not my favorite, uh, and I'll, I'll get more into that uh, okay. while we while we go into the episode. Um, but before I really wanted to start, I, uh, just this really interesting thing that I did see that's kind of listed on the IMDb that I wanted to read here. Uh, in two thousand and twenty, Forbes magazine conducted a study. Science of Scare Project, where the heart rate of the viewers were monitored while they watched a number of horror, horror films. Out of 35 films, this movie, Sinister, uh, won, <laughs> having the highest average hey. heart rate at 86, spiking at 131 uh, beats per minute. Thus, it's often uh, being deemed the scariest movie ever made. Um, Uh, uh. I feel like maybe like the the most like jump, I mean, we'll we'll get into the jump scares here, but I, I just, while we're on the topic of the jump scares, I I do want to say that I think that there's a right and wrong way to do a jump scare in a horror Mm -hmm. film and sinister does it the right way. So I agree. Um, and, you know, just if, if there's any confusion about that, I feel that like the wrong kind of way to do a jump scare is like, okay, here's just a, an example, like basically everything in the, in the late nineties, but like H2O, Halloween H2O, um, when Aww. every fucking time a character would like, s- like I'm just thinking of like Josh Hartnett coming up behind LL Cool J. And just being like, "Hey, can you open the gate and let us out?" And it's and there'd be like that sting, like boom, and and then it'd be like, oh, yeah. "Okay, that we don't have to be afraid of it because it's just Josh Hartnett." And that kind of that conditions your audience to think that, like, okay, well, now the next time that you're you're kind of building up this tension, we know that there's not whatever it is isn't going to be scary. So when like the mm-hmm. the villain or the boogeyman or Michael Myers, whoever. Uh, appears you're already kind of like you're over it you know like just psychologically you've been through that so you just you're conditioned to not be scared of him whereas it kind of
1: lowers it, your morale as an audience member like it just dropped you just let like, my interest drops when i'm just kind of like I, oh they went for the
0: well yeah. i i watched like a video <laughs> on uh youtube a while ago and it was like this whole thing it's just about jump scares and it kind of like compared it to an orgasm uh, I'm just saying that, like, you've already climaxed at that point when they like set it up for something that's not actually you're, what you're not supposed to be scared of. Uh, but with this film, um, in particular, and I, I think a lot of the films from the early 2000s and 10s uh, uh, did did this correctly, where they made sure that if there was a jump scare, it was based around the thing that we are supposed to be afraid of in this case. Yeah. Bagu- Bagul. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> bagu. Um, oh, there, there was one jump scare in the movie that, um, I didn't think really like, I mean, it might've been creepy at the time, but it just, it was one of those things that like in the trajectory of the movie, it just like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And that's when the sun, came out of the box because i'm just like oh really it was freaky at the time but then it's just like what does this have to do with anything because like his night terrors like ultimately were Uh, nothing and uh, okay because i already see that you you want to get a lot into this so i'm just right off the bat i'm just gonna say kind of like my opinions here Um, okay? (laughs) because i think they're largely the same as what they were when i first saw them but i do giving this 10 years I do have a a greater appreciation for this movie I think this is a really good horror movie I don't think it's a great horror movie and I think that there's there's something missing there's an ingredient or two that are missing and I don't know exactly what it is like I have a pretty good idea what I think it is Um, and you know just through this discussion in this episode we'll kind of figure out what went wrong with this movie um, but, uh, I, I just wanted to put it out there that I feel that this is imperfect. Like there, there's, there's something that could have been done a lot better. So okay. having said that, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting
1: because, uh, first off, I remember the first time I saw it. Um, I think I did see it in the theater and I think I liked it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I think I even watched it again. I think I rented it. Uh, one more time just to kind of see it again and get scared or whatever. And, um, and it was fine. Like it was good, but I hadn't even really thought about it until like we brought it up for this pod and in preparation for it. I, I don't know. I thought one of the only things that I actually remembered about the movie was the box with little uh, uh, Trevor Mm -hmm. uh, erupting out of it and everything like that. So I knew it was coming, so I didn't know what kind of an impact it was going to have on me, but I just remembered it as a very strange beat in the movie. It was something that was, uh, at the time, unexpected, but also still just unusual to watch. And it got me this time because I forgot about the screaming. Um, (laughs) All I remembered were... Legs and arms, kind of like almost in a balletic move, yeah. erupting, you know, like like blossoming like a flower from this cardboard box I, in a dark room. I
0: forgot. I mean, it, yeah. not necessarily like forgot what happened, because I mean, like a lot of this movie is kind of the same beat over and over again. Um, I just <laughs> forgot like the placement of when things happen. And I, pro- I might have forgotten about the, oh, okay. the sun... The family in general, like, <laughs> I forget a lot about them, but uh, I well, <laughs> I do think, I mean, I don't want to say this is the scariest movie. I mean, like, according to Forbes, I, uh, no. it's not the scariest, but I think that, you know, in terms of maybe more recent uh, movies or something more contemporary, even though it's like 10 years old now, uh, I, I'd say it is effective. I feel that um, Bagul, mm. Bag, I don't know how, is it Bagul? bagul 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 yeah um, Like B apostrophe that's not how it's spelled but it's B-gool. spelled b-a-g-h-u-u-l <laughs> uh yeah and he's uh an ancient deity or sorry, i forget how they explain him um but i think he's a very <laughs> uh effective like iconic like you know he could you know, obviously not in the in the uh the the realm of your Freddy's and Jason's and and Leatherface or right. or any of but you know I think that you know people remember him he has a he's almost like a a cross between Slenderman and Billy the the puppet that's Saw. what I
1: thought that yeah. was the, one of the only other things that I remembered about the movie was and I know that there's like some guy underwater at some point he's always like kind of a, he ends up being revealed I think that he's in the background of like the these Super Eight Movies of like these families being and I, but I barely even remembered that I just remembered like grainy movies with like mm-hmm. a kind of really really <laughs> like um, like underwater when you can barely see like the the mask or the makeup or whatever it is yeah um, it it does look like kind of like a hodgepodge papier mache Billy from Saw <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where the fake forgot forgot to paint the little targets on his on his cheeks but um... Yeah. <laughs> but uh. Ultimately, like, uh, I, I really did... I think we're both going to basically kind of be saying the same thing in different ways uh, because I got a newfound appreciation for this movie, revisiting it. But I, under, I completely understand what you're saying. I didn't mm-hmm. feel... Uh, maybe it didn't bother me as much as it as it seems to have, like, kind of irked you. Um, just in sense of, like... I thought, oh, you know, this would have been an interesting way to go at a particular point in the story that they didn't go. So I'd say... Arguably, maybe the last—I I don't know time was, but maybe maybe ten minutes or less around that like time. Yeah. From, from I'm a not point of the story. It's, all, it's all very predictable. Yeah, I'm okay, not. Yeah, not I'm correct,
0: not urged by this movie at all. I like. Okay. I enjoy it. Um, I just sure. think that it's it kind of it, it becomes a little basic, and uh-huh. I think that yeah. the reason for that is because it is very plot uh, focused. Um, I mean, and this is kind of where my problem is, is just in terms of character and not that like, I, I, I think that we could both agree that Ethan Hawke, uh, playing Ellison Oswald, yeah. like he's, he basically carries the whole movie. <laughs> like no, everybody else in the movie like does nothing. And this is, kind, <laughs> this is kind of my biggest gripe, um, is the fact that it was like the family feels so pointless. I mean, they're, they're, they're supposed to be there because the, 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 the fact of having the family there is part of the whole, um, like, Bagul ritual, whatever you want to call sure. it. Sure, But I couldn't, like, just in terms of, like, casting or writing or whatever, like, they couldn't have picked, like, a worse motley crew of people. Like, I look at this family and not one... I guess, like, maybe, like, Ethan Hawk and the daughter, like, I could see them as being related, but, like, the mother and the son, I just, like, are these are they a family? Like, I don't get it. There's even a point where (laughs) when the she's reprimanding, I think it's the son. And she says to Ellis, she's just like, do you want to know what happened? Your son. And I know she's just being saying it in a, in a very like reprimanding way. Like, do you not want to know what your son did? Um, Or it might've been the daughter she was talking about, but it was like, I even questioned like, is she the stepmother? Um, Oh, but (laughs) it's just like, it, What's interesting is that that actress, she came in and she read for it, and she read for it Mm -hmm. in an American accent. um, That like that's because it it didn't call for her to be British or anything, and and and, you know she got the job. And then the director, uh, Scott Derrickson, is just like, you know what? I think I want you to do this in your regular voice. And, And it's just it's such a strange decision because it's like it it creates more of a disconnect between huh. him and just in terms of her having a different accent. Um, because yeah. already, like, I feel like the family is so separated from him. And that might, and you know, I, at first I thought, is that intentional? Because they're, they're, they have the scene at the end where I guess she confronts him when she, f- figures out that this was the murder house or whatever. And and they go into the whole thing. And he says like, this is my legacy. um, Like, this is like, this is the yes. work that I do. Like, this is my life. And she says like, no, I'm your life and your children are your legacy. And mm-hmm. that would make sense. Like a uh, creatively as to why the family is so sidelined throughout the movie. But, the director, like, never mentions this. He I listened to both commentaries. He did one as yeah. a director and the other as a writer because he wrote and directed it. And mm. there wasn't any mention of, like, how it was, like, a creative decision to kind of, like, make the family so <laughs> superfluous or, or just, like, non-existent that okay. I don't get from the story that they're kind of, like, being sidelined because they're just trying to, like, emphasize... This character, this one, the Ethan Hawke character as being so kind of like in his own world and just like spiraling down through like the madness of of uncovering all this bagul stuff. I just see it as like you picked the wrong cast for the side characters and you didn't like fully develop them properly in the script. That's how I see it, because I just like everything about them. I just like, what's the point? Do you, do, you, like, do you understand what what I mean? What I'm I saying? do.
1: I understand what you're saying. I just again, I think we're both going to say the same thing, just in different ways. Because, <laughs> well, because none of that, because none, none of what you've said particularly like occurred to me. Not not really like in terms of like her being English or in terms of like his disconnect from the family being rooted in. Like I actually got that fine, but. Mm-hmm. And there were other other things I wrote that, like, could sound like criticisms for the writing, except I think they do work. Like, the one point where Ashley, the little girl, uh, uh, talks about, like, her night terror that she had when she hears them talking about uh, Trevor's night terror. And it goes completely unnoticed. Nobody doubles down on it. All that Mm -hmm. happens is Ellison just completely, like, brushes her off at the breakfast table and just goes like, no, you don't have something like that. If you had something like that, we'd know. And it's like... Uh, is no and the mom's right there just like getting breakfast ready and I'm like is no one gonna ask the child <laughs> <laughs> who thinks she had a night terror well what did you dream honey and nobody and it just made me think okay so this is a house where everybody is kind of double parked and nobody's really there for each other yeah. there and and uh, maybe it also helps to, like <laughs> I mean without getting too personal there was a time in my uh upbringing where the, uh you know I had a c- picture Like, you know, on the surface of it, kind of picture perfect, like, you know, nuclear family. And then there were disconnects and there were times where it was hard. So I'm just kind of, and I know how that can happen without you concentrating on it. It's actually easier to shut yourself off. But the thing is, the the thing is, is
0: this is like, this is not like a disconnect from like, by actually like implementing a disconnect and showing us a disconnect. This is a disconnect based on an absence of um, screen time or just like, Other, like, characters (laughs) interacting with each other, because I don't think that, like, like, most of the time, like, she just takes off with the kids, and they're gone during the day, and then also the fact that, like, during the night, which is, like, most of the the scenes take place, they're all, like, sleeping, and he's fucking, like, running around with a baseball bat, he's, like, falling out of the attic with shit, like, (laughs) dropping, and nobody gets up, nobody wakes up at any point. And it's just like I don't I like did he drug them uh, like I, they just don't feel like no. real people to me at all. <laughs> okay. We know that the no, daughter that, drugs that, him, but it's just like yes, what? we do. It, what, that's way later. I just feel like <laughs> because there's like we we with the family we mostly just like hear about things because it's just like even like the thing with the uh, Trevor at school. It's just like and and even with that character, there was no reason for him to be drawing that on the board unless we're to believe that Bagul... Kind of like got to him too, and then it was just sort of like a vetting yeah. process of just less like which is the weaker minded of the two that we can kind of like.
1: Well, the fact that they're also the saying easiest. that his that his night terrors were never this bad, that they're getting so bad. And also the second time he had the night terror, he was just outside kind of shivering in the bushes. I thought the one of him erupting from the box that came first was a lot more terrifying because there was no screaming in the second one. He didn't, he he just seemed shaking and like maybe you just need to wake him up and take him, I don't know. Anyway, but the way they were talking about it, it seemed like, He's getting worse. The little girl is obviously detaching. And Oh, because, yeah, there was another moment where she brought Ellison, the um, uh, little uh, 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 Ashley brought Ellison mm-hmm. tea, I think. And it's just this long shot down the other end of the hall. She knocks, knocks, knocks on the door, says, here, mommy, you want me to give you tea or something like that? And he just takes it like, thanks a lot, sweetie, and just shuts the door in her face. Yeah. And I feel like cinematically what you're trying to tell me is he is becoming so uh, engrossed in... This In studying these movies, these Super 8 movies, for his own benefit, for his own selfish purposes, that he is completely denying the fact that there is uh, any—or not even denying, just inattentive to the fact that he has a family anymore. It's almost like him losing his grip on his family is damning—is damning damning like that. No, I I get that. Okay, and I agree.
0: Okay, but here's an example, because um, uh, they—Scott Derrickson, the writer-director, he like— largely uh mentions the shining as being an influence here i get that um there there there's a lot of influences but he he mentioned the shining quite a bit he even showed the shining to several of the cast members uh even showing like specific parts of the movie like where danny in the shining like has that when he sees the the sisters in the hallway the first time and has that like look of terror on his face and he's just like said to the that child actor who play trevor just like i want you to like get that expression or just things like that so i don't think mm. that there's no problem with ethan Hawke or ethan Hawke's character in this movie in fact like ethan Hawke like is phenomenal in this movie and interestingly uh, yeah. enough um the black phone which is coming out this year uh with ethan yeah. hawk is also from this same writer director so they're they're yeah. for that um and it
1: has and it has um uh, uh deputy so-and-so and it also james uh ransone who played eddie in it chapter in two it, yeah
0: yeah Yeah. um but uh i I, yeah like i said there's no problem with that character like he has like he's a very fleshed out like we know everything about him like he's interesting i enjoy watching him but he's a lot of the times like we're not really seeing him through like those moments of him just like neglecting the family we're just kind of seeing him like wander like kind of acting on his own or just, like, wandering down a dark mm-hmm. hallway and, like, reacting to noises and lights going out and, and things like that, which, I mean, is all well and good, but, like, that kind of occupies most of the screen time. And I mm-hmm. feel that just because we we don't have the, the like, rest of the family to deal with uh, when you're comparing it to The Shining, if, like, if the director is using that as kind of a template, when you look at The Shining, you have Jack Nicholson as... Uh, Jack Torrance, and it's just like, yeah, like that's a great performance, but you also have two other really great performances from Shelley Duvall as Wendy and uh, uh, Danny Lloyd as as Danny Torrance. So it's just like there's no, and that's a really long movie too. Just just to be fair, so they do get a lot of time separately, but I mean, still, like if you're going to use The Shining as a template, like you need to pay attention to the other members of the family because you have to, like, how does this affect them? What's... I want to see what their story is too and not just Ellison's because I think that, like, Bagul is, like... He's not just affecting... Ethan Hawke's character, he's affecting the entire family as evidenced by the fact that like the kid is having night terrors and things like that. So it's just like, I want to see how they're all processing this. I don't want to just see Ethan Hawke as much as great as Ethan Hawke's performance is throughout this. It's just like, give me something else. And uh, I know that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because going on, uh, I was uh, going on a bit long.
1: no, 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 but again, like different ways of saying the same thing, because I totally understand what you're saying here and i think i even agree the thing is i think it's just phrased differently for me um, but we're just splitting hairs but what i will say is <laughs> something occurred to me while i was watching the film that again it played well enough for the film because uh, because i actually didn't have a problem with the actress playing i always forget her name though i know wendy's name till the day i die in shining but okay tracy tracy yeah. is the wife's name so <laughs> um, i i didn't really find a fault with The way she was portraying anything, I thought, especially like when they have their confrontation, she's there. Mm -hmm. But I genuinely believed that anytime she had concerns and she was sharing them with him, that she actually had these concerns. And for whatever reason, she was just kind of like pushing them aside and putting them to bed. He keeps telling me he's changed and that it's going to be different this time and I just have to wait it out. But when I tell him I have concerns, I don't get the same thing. He doesn't internalize anything that i say it just kind of he just he just argues with me because ultimately the most important thing for him is like and this is what she comes to realize is that uh he's the most important person in the family and his agenda and his life are really the only ones that matter and also that he's made a case in his head that like he's doing this for them which is a lie but um but (laughs) The thing about her, the way she was written, that was the issue I took because I felt like she's essentially a non-character defined solely by her relationship, like to her children and to her husband. Mm -hmm. We never get to know who she is apart from that. Here, he's the soul of an artist and, you know, and all this, you know, it is my life's blood. You understood that and everything. And she's basically like the wife, you know, and the mother and always speaks from that point of view. So we never really do get to know her. And even though I do believe And and even beyond belief, like, I understand why she would be care about her family as much as she does. It feels like a trapping, because I checked, I was like, I think men wrote this. And I was right. It was C. (laughs) Robert Cargill and Scott Derrickson, like you said. And while I don't think she was, I would never say she was poorly written, because Mm. I think her point of view is there. And I think the actress found it and played it. I don't think she's poorly written. I think she's predictably written. Yeah. Because we never do get to know her any,
0: anywhere beyond those roles that she plays. Yeah. So uh, that's my it's,
1: agreeing with you.
0: <laughs> no, okay. no. No. Yeah. Basically, you're yeah. right. Like, is kind of like the same opinion, but a different way of saying it. I don't yeah, like yeah, I yeah. think that she does a really good job. Like that scene where they're no. they have that confrontation. Like they're both doing yes. really well. But it's still like it's that disconnect of just like. <laughs> Who is this like your British girlfriend who's looking after your kids? Or she's like the nanny or whatever. <laughs> but um but you're totally right in the in the in the sense that like every time that we kind of do see like maybe some sort of uh like sense of uh empowerment or just like I'm this is what I'm gonna like she says there's an early scene where she's just like if this doesn't work out, I'm taking the kids and I'm going yeah. back to live with my sister and he's yeah. just kind of like schmoozing and joking. And she's like, hee-hee hee he, he. And, and it's like, so every time she brings <laughs> up a concern, he just, yeah. and maybe this speaks more to his hit, his like manipulation and, and all that yeah. shit. Like, you know, he's a fucking like textbook narcissist. Uh, if I've ever seen one, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's almost like there was a, there was like a crack for her to slip through and be a character yeah. and she just never took it like every time there was the opportunity and it's funny that you bring that up as the fact that it is two male writers because during the um the second commentary the one with both writers the other yeah. guy um not the director um he he See makes a Robert lot of references Cargill? he makes yeah. a lot of references to his wife and just like not in like a bad way or anything but he's okay. just like it's just like more so just like kind of um like off the cuff, just just making jokes about, like, when he and his wife argue or just, like, you know, when she gets mad at him about... So it just, like, it it almost seems like that makes sense as to why she was written that way. Because he just wrote... He has this perspective of how women react to men doing, yeah. like, stupid things. That that was kind of, like, how they perceived this character and the only way that she could be played. Sure. Um, I, I Yeah, I agree. Um, um, first note...
1: We, first, Wait, first note I wrote about Tracy actually was Tracy's voluntary, enthusiastic ignorance,
0: period. No <laughs> sentence. That was all I wanted to remark. Well, it was almost uh, like – gonna- it, and it's funny because, like, go, there's the scene at the be- beginning when she says, like, oh, please tell me we didn't move two houses down from a murder house. I know. <laughs> I, it's almost like she knew. It was like this self-fulfilled prophecy. But it's just like, yeah. does she not know her husband enough to know that, like, no, we were moving into the actual murder house Right. Um, but that's, like, when he finally, like, reveals that at the end. Just like, technically, you didn't say, like, you asked if we moved <laughs> down there. Just, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we moved into, like, the fucking house. <laughs> And I yeah, right. I I know that that part is not like played for laughs, but I, I found it particularly funny. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it, it, it's just you like can laugh at it. Or, or he's <laughs> like, they didn't, they weren't murdered here. It happened in the backyard. Um, <laughs> yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> were you, Which does feel very male to me. What? <laughs> yeah. Were you aware of the deleted scenes? Because I know, like, I, no, I bought the, no, no, the Blu-ray, no, no, no. and I was watching those. You streamed it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So there was. There was two scenes deleted, or like two and a half, um, which had an entirely new character, or I guess removed character, played by oh. Angela Bettis. Oh, Bettis, oh, I love uh, her. Of, uh, of TV Carrie fame, yes. played Carrie in the TV and May. movie. And, and May, May, the movie. Um, she played the neighbor, and this was like mind-blowing to me when I first saw that because it's just like they have a neighbor because I when I first saw the house because they don't show any establishing houses anywhere like we see the street and it looks like they're in the countryside like they're far away from from like in the middle of nowhere yeah literally like a house right next door and we first see her we don't we're not introduced to her but we see her when he's bringing the sun back inside after his little episode and she's just looking through the window and she like closes the the curtains and then the next day Um. Um, after the family leaves, he's just standing in the backyard looking at the tree and she comes wandering out. There's not even a fence separating their property. Like that's how close this (laughs) fence is to them. And she's, and this is a very interesting character. And they said that they removed these scenes, I guess mostly for time, but also because they felt it wasn't needed. I think that there's like other reasons for it. Like she's kind of like acting on like a, a frequency that is like completely different than his, but I mean, like I'm upset that they removed her stuff because it's like she was a very interesting character. Like she was kind of this like neurotic, busybody neighbor because she like she first approaches him and and she's just like, if you're not going to learn anything by looking at that tree, if like the police didn't like all that time, and and she kind of like she's sort of like this pers- uh, perspective of just like yes, this was a real family that lived here and, like, my husband and I knew them. And, like, she even said, like, um, uh, like, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Because, like, he was like, do you mind if I ask you some questions? And she's like, yeah, I'll tell you anything. But, like, after my husband leaves, because he really liked them and he's not a fan of you moving in here and profiting off of their, um, their murder. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they got rid of that. So she, and she's really weird. She's just like... Like, I have, I have to make sure my husband's gone. Like, it, just the way she played it. It was it was, it was was very okay. bizarre. So I think that, like, I don't know if they got rid of it. Because, like, he said that she was a personal friend of his, um, the, oh, okay. the actress. Um, so I, he didn't, like, say, like, yeah, I just didn't. He was like, oh, yeah, they had really good chemistry. And not, I, I don't know. I just saw her, like, they were, she was so, like... Like, it was almost like this was her movie now. And she was like, I'm going to steal this the show from Ethan Hawke. And she's, like, in her kitchen, like, pouring coffee and just, like, talking to him. But not actually looking at the coffee. And she, like, overflows it. And she's just like, yeah, like, really nice family. But that little girl was, like, weird. And I guess, like, he – the director said that's why they cut it. Because it's, like, they – it was, like, we are already setting up what we found out later of just, like, the, the possibility sure. of the little girl – Sure, But even, and and I guess like the reason, another reason why is because like they wanted it to be very like, a, like an isolated movie like with Shining. Ethan Hawke yeah. of just like not having these other people here. But it's just like a lot of this movie feels like it's a murder mystery because we don't know. I mean, like clearly it's presented that there's a supernatural element, but we don't know 100% if that's supernatural or that's Ethan Hawke. Like having like a a psychotic breakdown or disassociating or whatever. So I mean, (laughs) no, but it was sort of a ways like you know if if it was a murder, like you know Mm -hmm. they were murdered by a flesh and blood human. Here's a red herring, Mm -hmm. um, in in the neighbor. There's a red herring in the sheriff or the the deputy so and so, or just like you Mm -hmm. know, like just having these characters. You know, if the movie had spent more time just developing that like this is a community and this is like this was a murder that like happened in this like peaceful community that would have been interesting like i would have liked to see it from that angle rather than like i get what they and not to say that it wasn't successful by just kind of like isolating it to just inside the house because like the movie does a really good job of of like even just showing like like uh a uh, like cinematically um, just like how dark this is and how like the spaces just like feel like there something could pop out anywhere. So like it's successful in the regard that, you know, they have a very self isolated movie, but I would have liked to see that movie instead of just like, here's a town that's kind of like, you know, Mm. full of people and they don't like the fact that this guy has moved in and You know, some might be because it's like you're bringing unnecessary attention to, to our community. You're exploiting a murder, sure. but also maybe the real murderer is still out there and they want to, and they don't want to be discovered or something like that
1: yeah it's, if you're suspect if you're suspected to be like a mystery, like the way the way you're talking along
0: those lines, then yeah, yeah that is definitely the stronger choice to create a community that yeah. is antagonized, and that doesn't necessarily family. mean that it doesn't it still doesn't have to be revealed that it was right, the, right. the kid that that murdered right, them at right. the end and it was because of this like supernatural deity and all that shit. but it was just like it would have added more texture to the to the overall movie. And more character, and more things like this. So that's that's kind of where I just jumping back to what I said at the beginning. That's what I think is missing here for me, at least, oh. and why this isn't a like a great movie is compared to just a good movie. So I think that if those were kind of the choices that they made, and maybe like looked at this script and did like a rewrite or two, that it could have been improved.
1: Okay, that's interesting because uh, now we'll start saying. Different things, different ways, but
0: okay, good. <laughs> because I, I,
1: I see what you, I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with that. It's just not what struck me about what needed to be changed. Because also, you're talking to someone who. One thing I love about like potentially like haunted environments or you know uh, possessed environments or you know places that are going to go wrong and that'll go sour, you know, like the wife says. Um, yeah. I love the fact that like the family shows up. And they're all talking about like it's gonna be different this time. And I know, no, it isn't. And I'm <laughs> I I get incredibly superstitious, not in my life, but as a moviegoer, I love knowing that there's a big bad, a big supernatural bad, and you are like walking right into the mouth of the beast and uh by the end of it you're gonna be in the belly, you know? And um so I I didn't I didn't need like the I, I didn't require the community, I can see what you're talking about but uh what i liked about it was just the fact that um i was watching the inevitable kind of like you know like i i, I don't know there's something about the inevitability of evil consuming um shall we say ignorance or innocence or un, un
0: unassuming let's just people. M- mash <laughs> them together and say ig- ignorance.
1: Ignorance, yeah because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're they're kind of both yeah. but um for so for me like the ride of the supernatural and everything like that um i think the problem i had with it that felt like the most like a problem aside from the wife's role was the fact that um by the time things re- i mean it feels like things unravel quite a bit and it's not like it's ineffective i feel like the cinematography you mentioned how dark it is and even with the lighting it is an incredibly mm-hmm. dark film but not in like a scroforum Kind of way where you know, (laughs) because it is dark during the day. Anytime they scream four for for anyone who doesn't understand, because there's a four in the A. Anyway, yeah. So (laughs) when we talk about it, you'll get it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yes. But so they're but they're like literally like just shafts of light like coming booming and making them almost silhouettes in their own kitchen while they're having conversations during daylight. And I like it because it makes me feel like they are they're basically just kind of like tucking away in this cave like. You know, like like looming um, um, fortress. And the fortress isn't necessarily the house, but it's just the energy and the fact that they've got caught in the web, as it were. That's yeah. what I like. Mixing metaphors, well, th- that's what I like. I yeah. think that,
0: like, it just, because it's funny that you mentioned that, because, like, while I was watching it, I was thinking of Scream for a lot, um, especially uh, in those scenes, like, uh, in the Roberts house, like, you know, when, when Sydney uh, has that exchange with Judy uh, that yeah. one time. And I've just, like, it's like here's a very it's it's like a house that doesn't need to be as dark as it is, but it's just like just to set the mood, like we are gonna have like all these dark spaces all over the place where you know people can, mm-hmm. can jump out and I think that these are two areas where I think that the the film does really successfully because like unlike Scream Four like that didn't do anything for the movie mm-hmm. thematically like they could should have just stuck with what they had already done with screams one to three whereas here like you said it's just like it's you know presents this environment that's like a like a tucked away in this this cave-like thing so it, it's it works on a on a thematic level and that's yeah. where i think like one area where i think that the film did really well is just in terms of of the lighting especially just like the how everything was lit there's that one part of the movie where um he goes to uh sleep on the couch while he's holding the bat and we see the sunrise come up um i guess like sped up yeah and just like the the way that they did that like it looked so authentic and like real even though it's just like we're not seeing like a time lapse or anything it's just like just to show like it's now like the sun is peeking out um Mm -hmm and a lot of this movie is just like it's it's that movie magic where it looks like it's daylight outside and they're just like no that we shot this at night but like you know just to to give it the appearance yeah. um and then the other uh area and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead if cuz we can still go back to to more of the cinematography here is just the the score and the sound design yes. especially the sound design yes. and um Funny enough, uh, the score uh, was uh, composed by one of my favorites, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Christopher, Christopher Young. Young. Uh, thank you. As I say, one of my favorites, and I forget his name. From <laughs> Hellraiser, Hellraiser 1 yeah. and 2, uh, mm-hmm. Urban Legend, uh, The mm-hmm. Grudge. 1 so, and 2. <laughs> One and two, yeah. yeah. We don't need to talk about the grudge. Too. We don't even need to talk about the grudge, <laughs> I'm sorry Eric, but um it's it it's it's it was a nice welcome addition. Um yeah. and this is especially because like so much of the the movie and like what makes it scary is in the sound. And as we know by Halloween and John Carpenter, it's like 95% of it is in what you hear.
1: Mhm. So. Yeah, um I especially I think I think the first time I mean, I noticed it in initially with that first Super 8 film that we see with the family hanging, which we didn't talk about that. Like, I think that's an incredibly strong way to just kind of like set Mm -hmm. some tension right off the bat where I'm just like, oh, fuck, it's grainy as fuck. There's like this mystery family with sacks over their heads and now the limb is lowering and they're all hanging and it's all moving as if they were underwater, like in this dreamlike kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh energy that it just makes it even better. And then there's this strange, this curious music that doesn't do what I oftentimes fault horror scores for doing. Which it I don't feel like it's telling me, you're watching something spooky. I mean, <laughs> it definitely has its more traditional moments of the score, kind of like with you know, maybe Ethan Hawk moving around the house or something like that. But yeah. it, it's never ineffective. Or, or like the low moans or the voices and stuff like that. It, it yeah. always seems to just uplift. But because there's such variety, um, I really, really loved the pulsing. And I bring up like the house looking like a cave. There was this weird energy to that one first pulse when i think he's putting the projector together that feels like he's excavating almost like it's got this this driving beat behind it that's Mm -hmm. moving him inexorably toward like his destiny or something and i just love that and then once he starts the backyard super eight film when he starts watching it there's Mm -hmm. this almost bernard herman-esque score it felt like psycho kind of like that climbing that dun 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 dun
0: it was almost like that
1: and it well just, the uh ugh, the music that they it.
0: used for like the, the, like any of the when the super 8 videos they actually yeah. that wasn't Christopher young they uh got that from like they were like apparently scoured the internet just looking for oh, really? different bands of just of just like to kind of get say uh, oh my god the information here somewhere I'll, okay I'll, I'll look it up we can we'll we'll get sure. back to that but um <laughs> I, I, no, but something i amazing. did want to mention because you uh wow. you you talked about the house and yeah they even mentioned this in the commentary one thing that i do really appreciate it about this house is that it's not your typical haunted house um i think the one that they go back like the one that they do own like the big one at the end like that's more of like what you would <laughs> yeah. get from a haunted house but like this yeah. little bungalow this like this ranch style home. Like that's yeah, like you wouldn't drive by that and, and be like, like if it was like a, a horror movie and be like, that's a, a horror movie haunted house, but you might oh. drive by that and be like, that's a, that is a place where like in real life, a family was murdered. Um, yeah. So it, and so that's another yes. thing. It just, it, it, it yes. kind of like grounds this in reality. And that's another reason why I miss like all these characters and just just being there and like that there is a neighbor there because it just makes it feel more real another thing that i uh, really liked is mm-hmm. and they they admitted to this too they uh they stole this out of manhunter uh of just the oh the super eights um because even like at the beginning with all the super yes. eight stuff like like just watching the uh the, the barbecues or the, the pool parties and all that, but especially the scene where they're going up the stairs so and the, the parents are tied up in the bed uh, is taken directly out of Manhunter. Yeah. And it's, um, it's I, even I think it's the opening scene, which isn't, I don't think that, I can't remember if, like, the killer was filming it as it happened, but the, the killer in in those mm-hmm. movies were, like, it was, like, there was this whole thing with, like, the home mm-hmm. videos that the family would shoot, and that's how they f- would find the killers. So, And Manhunter obviously was uh, remade as Red Dragon to fit in with the uh, the Silence of the yeah. Lambs timeline if if you're unaware of either of those movies. So Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely that that one bit there, which I thought was really creepy because it's like here's just this like regular like American home, and just like the the graininess of the the super eight, and then yeah. just like going up, it just it just yes. felt very raw and gritty and just like and real. Which I mean, yes, very much so. That's what I like. Cause I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause like we, we talked about this in, in, in Texas Chainsaw, uh, of just how like, you know, you have like these <laughs> movies that are just like, they should be gritty, but then there's like, they're polished or just like in terms of like the remakes and the reboots. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like a very polished movie, but the juxtaposition of what we see in like the present day mixed in with what is like shown on the, on the super eights, it just it, this, it makes this contrast that is very creepy and. What, mm-hmm. like, you'd have to imagine is just, like, this This entire time, these, I mean, we don't see it, mm-hmm. but, like, they're being recorded, too. Like, they're on their own reel that we see at the end, the uh, painting party, or whatever it's called, of 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, that's, that, I mean, that. yeah. <laughs> That is an exception, you know, if you want to have your your polished, like, 2000s-looking movie, but just, like, show that you know what's scary. So, I mean, like, going back to the Forbes thing, like, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe this is the scariest movie ever made. I mean, it... (laughs) Well, okay. Like, one thing I want to say about that, um,
1: because we didn't really go into it... Uh, uh, the reason I say no, like, almost, yeah. like, reflexively, <laughs> is because, I mean, I think I'm going to get to sleep okay tonight. I don't know. I didn't really carry this movie. I thought it was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was looking forward to seeing what more, you know, these filmmakers uh, were going to have. And now that I know the Black Phone is, like, on the horizon, because I th- I think it was supposed to release last year, and maybe it didn't, so I guess yeah. now it's released. Whatever. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Let's just put it that way. And um I... That all that said, the like greatest horror or the scariest the scariest movie. Let's put it that way. The scariest movie is the one that I can't shake. The one that like I am like under my bed, just going under my covers in yeah. my bed, just going, oh shit, <laughs> why did I watch that? And I'm now okay. Time to put on something that's fun, but not too much fun because I don't want to be watching it. Ironically, yeah. when
0: whatever is coming to I get me that... gets me. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. You no, know, no, no, it no, no, it agree. I agree it's not my scariest movie, but obviously in terms of like the consensus yeah. of whatever uh, the data is that, that Forbes collected, this is the scariest movie for, right. <laughs> for everyone. Um, but I think like where it, where it misses the mark for me, is just like you said, it, it is very basic. Like there's, there's th- this movie was a dime a dozen at the time. Like, cause you have your, um, your insidious and your conjuring and just like all these movies of the similar ilk that it's, <sighs> it's it's like there's nothing that really stands apart from this one i mean I'm, other than like you know some really great mm. cinematography and sound design and score um and you know ethan hawk uh his performance is is also like memorable but it just the story is very basic and i feel that you know had they done like a certain thing just to make like to Bring it into a, a realm of being, like, more psychological than just, like, straight up, like, uh. we're investigating this thing. Because, I mean, like, in terms of, like, if this was, like, a documentary or if I was just watching YouTube videos and they're just, like, talking about, like, murdered families or just, like, Bagul. Because, like, the whole – I'm fascinated by the whole thing of just, like, the family to get killed is – they previously lived in the house where the, another family was killed, who then, it's just, like, this this chain, mm-hmm. like, going back and back in yeah. time. Because, I mean, like, they only go up to, I think, like, sometime in the 60s. But, I mean, like, this could, it could have gone on even further than that. It could have been, like, a whole thing. And, like, you know, even thinking to movies like Oculus <laughs> of just, like, the the mirror, like, this haunted mirror that's existed for so long. Like, uh-huh. I am, like, I'm fascinated by the mythology of of we'll, we'll we'll say it that uh, way. Go
1: I am um, too. I, I, you actually made me think about two things. Like one thing that I was kind of, that I did find kind of fascinating as like an unexplored detail was just the fact that um, at the very end of the movie, when Ashley possessed Ashley, Ashley gone wrong mm-hmm. is doing her little cartoon of her family. It's at the very bottom of the page. And there's no more room left. And then at the very top of the page was the first family we know of that was caught in this. So whoever goes on next, maybe the only real paper trail, as it were, is yeah. going to go back to whoever moves into that house after the end of this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like that because it just did kind you? of made me feel like, how many pages are there? Yeah. You know? Because it sounds like a very ancient deity. Yes. Do you
0: Did you see Sinister 2?
1: I did and I... Just remember, the only thing about that one well, I don't, remember is I, I think, haven't seen it,
0: but I'm I'm, I'm interested. Okay, no, no, in no, no I'm, not gonna, I'm not
1: going to I'm not going to say anything plot wise or anything like that. The only thing I remember is a feeling I had yeah. toward the third act that it had all gone wrong. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so um, yeah, because I have no idea. What that, what but, I mean, I would just assume that just going by what's presented yeah. to us in this movie, that the next movie would be a family moves into the 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 home yeah. of like of. Ellison, like the, that we see at the end of the movie, and then they just deal with like all the, the haunting bullshit and then go to a new one. Or else, it's, it's like, um, a, uh, prequel of just like the backstory of, of, which I mean, like, I I hope hope not. I don't think it is because (laughs) I looked at the cast and James, uh, Ron is, it reprises Mm -hmm. his role. So as deputy so and -so, so. So I'm just like, I'm assuming it's, uh, um, the present day or, or like taking place like yeah continuation okay um, but I yeah I'm, I'm yeah, I don't interested remember. I'm I'm I don't interested in the, in the mythology of of Bagul I, I want to know I don't want to know more but I want to like I, I'm I want more to whet my appetite you know like I I don't want to sure. I don't want to like have all the evidence presented to me because I feel like that's when things become not scary when you have all the facts but it's oh. just like I want to know that this is like this goes Way further back. Because, like, we sort of get, like, there's the two scenes where he's on the the Skype call with Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, Dr.
1: Jonas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he's just kind of, or like, Professor, explaining.
0: Professor Jonas, sorry. Professor Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I'm just, like, explaining, like, what this is. And it just, like... It's because he says something, or Ethan Hawke says, just like, "Well, can't we just like destroy the images?" Because he, because Jonas says, like, yeah. Bagul exists in the images, like that's his gateway," and, and he's and he's like, "Well, can't we just destroy?" It? And he's like, "How do you mean?" And I just, I thought that was yeah. funny because it's just like, "What do you mean?" Like that was a pretty fucking straightforward question, but okay. And <laughs> but <laughs> well, he because says, I
1: think he thought that they were just discussing academia and yeah. legend, and you know, well, cause yeah, because then he's because then, then he
0: says like, "What kind of book are you writing?" Um, right, right. but the, but yeah, cause what's interesting is the way that they make it sound is like, this has been, this is like a well-known thing or like Bagul, the legend of him is, is well known enough that like hundreds of years ago, people were wise enough to know, like, we need to get rid of every trace of like picture or, or photo or anything that could like have him come into our realm because that's how we, it's, it's almost like he's a Freddy Krueger in that way. It's just like the, the community of springwood, like we need to. We need to, like, make all the children forget, because that's the only way that Bagul is going to come back.
1: Which, I mean, you I love that. The like that's a, of the Elm Street
0: children. That's a tried-and-true, <laughs> yeah. um, like, storytelling device for horror films, so I'm, I don't mind well, that at all.
1: Well, while we're discussing tried-and-true storytelling devices, because uh, one thing, I don't know if this would make it less scary for you. I wonder if it would. But for me... Uh, this is where because I didn't get to, to finish this. Uh, what the, the problem I had with the movie, as far as like the direction it went, was um, when finally uh, fucking Ellison decided now it's time to leave and <laughs> and I'm burning everything when. Why would you burn anything that is involved in any kind of like black magic or supernatural forces? Because fire does not destroy ever like a phoenix fr- from the ashes. It will, ru- you know, like, why would you ever t- tamper with that? I mean, granted, he hasn't been making the best decisions up until then, but the very, the very fact that it didn't even occur to him. And I remember this occurred to me during the movie and I didn't remember exactly what happened this time. And then while I was watching, I was just like, Oh yeah, like, I, I, I it just occurred to me. Every screening with this movie, like, why wouldn't you just naturally assume if there's an address that even two families have in common, Mm -hmm. and you know you have this address in common with the last family who was staying there, wouldn't you naturally go in that direction and start researching yourself or wait to hear from the deputy that, like, oh, there is a connection, they are all interconnected, and if I move... I'm going to continue the cycle. Ultimately, I will die. The only way, and see, what that's why I, and I started thinking, like, while you're driving away, talking to the sheriff and everything like that, why aren't you contacting Professor Jonas again and asking him, is there some kind of binding spell? Is there anything that anyone yeah. has
0: ever done to try and stop well, the cycle? I mean, Ellison is not yeah. the fucking brightest. <laughs> I mean, he might be a good crime, like, Story writer, writer right? um, <laughs> but he is not bright. And oh. this is actually okay. And I, I find this really funny because, like, the the when he starts watching the the stuff or, or like going through the what he finds, it's like he's yeah. making these notes. Like he just writes down, and we see what he writes down. He's just like, "Where did the box come?" from? Like just these very like yes, like yeah. elementary questions of <laughs> just like it's it's like. What, is this your process? Like, I, the, the the thing that's, like, and this is, I think this is a lot of what, like, what takes me out of the movie is just, like, he doesn't really seem to question anything, like, weird. Like, he just, he goes through, he, he he goes down the rabbit hole, but he's never, like, this is fucking weird. Like, and that's the problem is that he has no one to bounce that off of because we don't have, like, these characters that he can that he can talk to because the family is like a non-character, yeah. but it's like at the beginning when you find this box, I mean like, cause that's the question is just like, where did the box come from? That should be your movie right there. Like not watching the fucking box. I mean, you can watch them, but it's just like, I want to know where this came from. Like that, that's the biggest thing. Cause clearly there are people who have been murdered on here going back to the sixties and this box mm-hmm. was left. You would think that like the police emptied the house out entirely just searching for evidence. So like, why is this box here? Like if it's not something supernatural, mm-hmm. which is something that you'd have to be looking into, then it's going to be you know, like the killer if it if it is a flesh and blood killer. And I think that right. the point uh, like when he calls the police and then they're like nine one one operator and he's just like holding it, <laughs> and then he hangs up because <laughs> yeah. that was like kind of like the decision like where the character makes a bad decision in a movie, like it's just I'm like, gonna take this on myself, yeah, yeah. And like um, not only that, but why yeah. the cops wouldn't like call him back, and because you know they do that if you call the cops and hand yes. up their bill, they're like, <laughs> We're, "We have a squad car on our way there. Do you want to just like exp- like is everything okay, like sort of thing. So right. that like yeah, yeah, yeah. first thing that was like not realistic, but just then, like everything after that of just like not really qu- like just questioning like what's going on here, because I mean like he when he moved into that house, you'd have to yeah. think that he didn't he wasn't expecting there to be like these. Super 8 tapes. He just thought that he was going to like get engrossed in, the, like, there was no evidence to speak of. He was just writing yeah. a book. So it just, mm-hmm. it's almost like, what was the, what was, what was he going to do there if this fucking box had never appeared? Uh, seek inspiration in the environment
1: of the, the massacre, <laughs> or yeah, not the massacre, but, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the bloody, <laughs> the bloody backyard of it all. But it's, all- I, it's cause it's, it's interesting. Cause also, it just occurred to me it's making me like him less certainly I don't really <laughs> like him but it's it's and it might it might make me like the movie less um oh, but no. I still accept I still no I still accept it for what it is but because now I'm just thinking in terms of here is a man who never who never really confides in his wife or or his children, granted they're pretty young, but I mean, you know, everybody's kind of anxious to be seen, to share, to be a part of his life, and he pushes them away, and who is the person he finally fucking confides in? The the deputy who's a fan who wants a fucking autograph, yeah. <laughs> you know? That seems very telling, but also the fact that, like, he said, I, th- I can't remember if it was in that exchange with uh, Deputy So-and-So or if it was with... Um, the, uh, with, uh, Professor Jonas. I, I think it was Professor Jonas, where he full on says that the only survivors or the missing persons at every one of these, uh, uh, situations that he's studying, the crime scenes, uh, have disappeared and they always seem to be children. Mm-hmm. And here he's curious about the lore because all the supernatural shit is starting to happen to him that he can't explain, that he isn't sharing with anybody. And he, It just made me wonder, like, did it never once occur to you that in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on that you have nothing but questions about, if there is some kind of evil force, if there is, it might go after your children? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the fact that that wasn't even a concern. And maybe he was just... Also, maybe this is like a product of being a little too derivative of The Shining, because in The Shining, we kind of understand what's happening to Jack Torrance with the hotel that he is ultimately being consumed by it. But in this case, he's there. Maybe it's sometimes it's scarier if there's mystery and it's not completely explained. Yeah. But I mean, he's just kind of a desperate man who, who trusts no one except for people
0: who are willing to just like, yeah. you know, everything is snack. like out of, out of like <laughs> selfish desire. Like he's obsessed yeah. with himself. Like he's watching fucking like old videotapes God. of himself. Yeah. <laughs> with the clothing and he's (laughs) yeah Yeah. he's watching them he's like rolling his eyes at them but it's just like but like drinking it's just like i don't (laughs) i hate watching like old videos of my like you know after i've like edited them and maybe if i've watched them again once like in a a week or so just just like recap and it's just like if i watch something that like you know i made six months ago or more i'm just like oh god i don't i don't want to watch this like i i can't watch myself he's sitting there and just like this is his inspiration it's like you know he might be like you fucking idiot like you were a fool back then but but we know better now you know (laughs) kentucky blood whatever the fuck his book is right yes (laughs) um no but no he's he's the worst he's the fucking worst and even the mother like because that girl is like she drew like painted on her wall like the the hanging family from the tree. Yes. And it's just like, yeah. we know that the girl is allowed to paint in her room. But I mean, like, yeah. are we, are we to know that like the mother didn't go in there and be like, what's this? Especially since the son drew the yeah. same thing on the chalkboard and got sent home yeah. or gotten reprimanded for it at school. So it's just like, yeah, she's more concerned about the fact that she painted on the wall in the hallway.
1: <laughs> but not so much like what was painted
0: in, in the bedroom. So it's like both yeah, there's of these no parents active, love, Like both of them suck. Yeah, really. there's no
1: active parenting going on from either one of them. She no. gets to vocalize a lot of her concern about her children. But I, I mean, it, I think if she really did have that level of concern, she would have just taken the kids and drove them out. And then finally, when he's ready, when he's he's like, okay, let's get out. She's like, you're scaring me. And I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> this is what you were waiting for. <laughs> yeah. It's your window. Um, but um and not not only that that, but like what is his
0: breaking point for like when it it was like scared to like have to leave was was that like the shit falling like not even falling but it was like thrown out like there's physically something was up there that Mm -hmm. like picked up this thing and threw it out there there was a moment that i really liked though uh which was right before that when he gets up and he goes into his office and the projector is gone but he kind of like Moves his hand across the the little tabletop there, almost to like it's like, yeah. is it there? Like, am I just not seeing it, sort of thing? Just that I liked because that's like we're we're going back to the idea of like just playing with his mind psychologically. Is this him? Yeah. Or is it an actual yeah. thing? And I and he uh, they actually said that that was Ethan Hawke's decision to do that. So it's like nice. Ethan Hawke knew like what movie this should have been. I don't know why the <laughs> the writers and the director didn't
1: um i did have a question for you because yeah. i know in uh off pod we've had conversations before about uh, where i'll ask you like in a case of a movie just like you know okay there's like two paths and there's like there's the scary one and there's like the non-scary one which one are you going to and you've said like oh i am going have a scary one like but like totally like that's more interesting like whatever yeah. and i'm like i don't understand you so i wanted to know first of all would you ever move into that
0: house, <laughs> knowing what happened I, there? I think that, I mean, like, just putting myself in Ellison's shoes. Yeah. I think I would. Because, um, okay. you know, I have to, I'm, I'm not just speaking for myself here. I'm like, as, as his character. Um, yeah, sure. I would totally, and you know, and if I'm that kind of person, like he is, I'd, you know, and knowing that my wife wouldn't like knowing about it, I'd probably lie about it, too. But... Oh there's but in terms of like the decisions that he makes throughout i mean like the it's the, the thing that's just like crazy to me is that like that he did hang up that that phone call to the police because it's like you have yeah. evidence here of mm-hmm. like not just one murder but and not just like five murders but five Different events of multiple murder. Like there's at least twenty people, or not? Uh, you know, probably about twenty people that have been murdered, and yeah, sure. you're like holding on to this for yourself, and you're not really doing anything that's like giving you the answers. Like he, like he's giving like these vague descriptions to so-and-so and and he's doing all the legwork for him like like if anything like deputy so-and-so is the one that's like uncovering this crime yeah he's the one that figures out the the backtracking of the of the map of all the Mm -hmm. murders so it's just like it you know i mean i guess like for for reasons that he didn't want to get the the police department like actually involved and have this become like their investigation he was careful about what to say but it's like it's like in that way it's just like what I don't know what his plan was it was just sort of like all it was was just like he was writing this book but he didn't really have any like anything to write other than like what would he say I moved into this house and there was this in a box that was inexplicably placed there and I watched these videos <laughs> like that's not a that's not a like true crime story that's uh mm. I mean that's that's basically your words against like like everything else and just being like, oh yeah, this, this really happens. It's an oh urban legend God. at that point. And, and he just made me think like he never once suspects that it's
1: like planted there by someone who doesn't want him in the house. Yeah. That's another thing that would have been interesting to bring up. Yeah. It's just like a dis, a reason for disbelief. Like there are people who <laughs> don't want you here. Maybe
0: somebody just put this here to scare the shit out of you yeah. and get you to move. But that, I think that's the thing. Cause it's like, it's, it's, is it true crime or is it an urban legend? And they don't really explore right. that. Or at least like he doesn't explore that he just mm-hmm. like spends the entire movie like meandering through the house reacting to shit <laughs> and i mean that's it gets frightening because of the use it's of, well done, of yeah. sound and yes. and uh cinematography Shadow. but <laughs> yeah. it's like but in terms of the story like it's it's a little empty and i feel like we're we're just going around in circles at this point we're saying the same thing <laughs> <laughs> over and over um but uh, one thing that I – because I don't want to like – I feel like I have been very negative towards uh, this director. And I – you know, I it, – it, it's just in terms of the screenplay because I do think that like technically this this movie is great. Um, and one thing that I did want to point out that he uh, – like a decision that he made creatively uh, in terms of like the, the clues throughout the movie is that when he – we were watching the Super 8 footage – there are certain scenes where the camera's shaky, like someone's holding it. And then there are scenes where it's just still, like it's on a tripod. And yes. we, if you watch it, you can see that when it is shaky, the child, like the missing child, isn't in the shot because they're the ones yeah. holding it. But then when it's stationary, the child is there. So he's like, that was the first clue that he put in there that you like, you should know that like, it's the child who's who's mm-hmm. the killer or, or, or the one watching them. And then, of course, the other one is, like, when they, he finds the, the cover of the, the box with, like, all the, uh, the drawings of just, like, mommy and daddy and Mr. Boogie. Mm-hmm. Um, just, <laughs>
1: sure. Yeah. I also like the fact that um, Bagul has kind of, like, predecessors, like, almost like... Here's your first level kind of like threat, like almost like you're like, you know, like it's uh, uh, I, I can't put it any other way than like almost like Harbingers of Doom. And the first one is the scorpion in the attic. And then there's the snake in the attic. And then finally, mm-hmm. there's the Rottweiler in the backyard before you get the big bad, which is, is ghoul himself. OK, I completely yeah.
0: forgot about the Rottweiler because I because I was seeing that I'm just like getting flashbacks of the Omen. But the way totally. that they made it, it just seemed like it was like a like now knowing it in the context that there were deleted scenes and that there was like a full neighborhood around them, uh-huh. I'm just like, cause the dog, like it kind of like, it has this like standoff with him, but then it's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go over here and play. Um, so, you know, watching <laughs> that, like with the deleted scenes in mind, I just see that as like, it wasn't like a harbinger of, of the evil of Bagul. It was just sort of like a neighbor's dog and he was freaked out. He was already on edge and he had the bat. What I thought was (laughs) hilarious. And I like actually annoying really is that like when the dog ran away, cause he was like really trying to get that bat, the dog runs away and he just darts into the house. It's just like, Pick up the fucking bat. You're going to need That's that. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, I thought that, too. But like he, we're not Stro- supposed to be on his side.
1: <laughs> we're not supposed to be on his side. But yeah, I, um, I also, um, there was something uh, I, 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 I wanted to comment on. Oh, because we're talking about strength. Like, another thing you mentioned uh, very early about, like, uh, doing uh, jump scares right. One of the most effective jump scares for me. And it, it it's com- completely attributed to all of the the ingredients just like in a recipe for success was um the, i don't even remember what the title of the uh super 8 uh can was but it was the one where they had the lawnmower just running running yeah. running 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 and you know something's going to happen then then all of a sudden there is a head and it's it's the seeing ahead it's the dramatic sting that they do, and you know me—I'm not a big fan of dramatic stings. Ooh, look how spooky! It mm. jarred me to my core. I was like, "Ah!" I, I yeah. screamed out loud, and then the fact that my very reaction was shared by Ethan Hawke because immediately he's like, "Ah!" You know, whatever. Yeah. I, 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 that, I, I, that, that gave me a lot of happy. Well, I think a, a that
0: lot like- of the, a lot of, yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to say two things about that. Like for like the, the lawnmower jump scare in itself, like that's effective because it's doing this thing where normally like, it, it's kind of like, like a rhythmic thing where you just like, you, you can time exactly when the jump scare is going to come. It'll just be like one, yeah. two, three, and then nothing happens. <laughs> and then we go on to like four, five, and like, bah! so Yes, it's like they they and they and he does that a lot uh the, this director in the in the movie not to a point where it's yeah. like it's predictable because it's like it gets you every time but there's like one uh, when he does go up into the attic and all the kids are sitting there watching the the super eight and mm-hmm. it has the like it shows bagul like up close but then it cuts back to like further like a further away shot so you see like yeah. all the kids sitting there and like bagul like in the background like on the screen as i like put my camera out of focus here um and it's just like you're naturally like your eyes will go to that part like you you look like deeper into the picture and then yes. bagul like jumps in front of the the thing and like that gets yes, you exactly. and shit like that like so there were a lot of jump scares even though i had seen this movie and i wasn't necessarily scared but just in terms mm-hmm. of like it's like the vid- those videos on on youtube or TikTok or whatever the fuck they do the vine um yes, of just yes. they're like look here and then the, the screaming yeah. head pops up and and like and was, i like, know a to that. pull the f- yeah to
1: pull my yeah. phone away yeah. and just have it like uh you know like because I, I you're not and it doesn't
0: me. it's not scary but it like it's startling <laughs> for sure yeah it jolts so maybe you, this is, yeah okay so maybe this isn't the scariest movie of all time but it's the most startling i'll, I'll give it that most um, jarring yeah <laughs> but um but I, then there's, another th- there's a Yes, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Um, there's a, another thing I was going to say to that. Oh yeah, the um, we his reaction to seeing things because that's another yeah. thing that I think they do really effectively here is that like this isn't a gory or bloody movie by any means at all, um, which no. is funny because I think they were they were trying to get a PG-13 and they still got an R based off of content. Um, but this, we don't really see anything because it cuts away at that point And we're mostly seeing his reaction. Um, and then there's also the scene where like the throats are slit and we don't see it yes. happen, but we sort of see it in the reflection of right. his, his, uh, frames, uh, his glasses. I think it's cause it's families. I think that's why. Yeah, It's a, of little, just, bit, of, it's, it's of, a little of the murders. I like, I know they had like, uh, yeah. they had some trouble like getting the the movie greenlit lit cause they had to like explain like it wasn't because they're just like you're killing children they're like no we're not we're killing families um and that's how they like (laughs) that's how they sold it um wow but i did the thing
1: that actually horrified me the most was not not anything that happened to any of the people this is how you know i'm a pet owner that one chihuahua for the family that was all tied to their beds and everything and the little chihuahua is just sitting there not tied up or anything just sitting there barking and looked so lost like like, what are you doing? And What's they didn't happening? want to have
0: that in there. Like, the the producers were like, no, we're not putting the fucking dog in there. But he, like, really, like, oh. he's like, no, like, get the dog. Like, trust me, it'll be good. And if you don't like it. Yeah, like, it's I'll, chilling. I'll pay it for it. Like, it. It breaks was my like, heart. Like, it was like, it cost $6,000 to hire that dog. And then they're like, they ended up using it because they liked it. So he didn't have good. to pay for it out of his own pocket. It made it feel um, more
1: like a home. And it made it feel more invasive and terrible yeah. in a great way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so and this was uh, Jason Blum. This was a like an early Blum House yeah. before it was titled yeah. Blum House, I, I think. Yeah. Um, so actually, like very low budget. Um, mm-hmm. But they they were t- just on the subject of the jump scares. The one that is actually shown in the trailer of uh, the screen when when Ethan Hawke just turns away and Bagul's image on the screen like kind of turns towards him. That was yeah. in the trailer, and I guess like. Uh, scott derrickson like lobbied hard for like like that to not be in the trailer because you know at that Mm. point like he he had final cut on the film but he didn't have it with like whatever the marketing is um so i guess like uh, jason blum said to him just like it's one of those things like it'll get more like people in seats to see the movie and he like he was quoting jason blum here just saying that like most people don't remember jump scares that they see in the trailers anyway once they're in the movie. And I've never disagreed with anything more in my life. And it is a prime example. Yeah. And I just like Halloween 2018, I'm sorry. I always. I was of, just going to say,
1: I was just going to say, the yes. closet,
0: And just like in terms of like yeah. another Blumhouse movie, it's just like, you really need to get off of that mindset, Jason Blum, because yeah. that is... That is not how the audience sees it. Like, people are savvy. I mean, like, even back in 2012, because we're we're 10 years in the future from that point. But even then, yeah. like, you know, we have the technology. We can go through a trailer and we can pause it and we can go back and watch it several times. So it's just like, yeah. we're not going to, especially nowadays when everything is like so overanalyzed yes. that, you know, people watch trailers a hundred times before they see a movie. Like, yeah. they're going to remember a scene like that so i yeah i i disagree with that um i, I absolutely
1: disagree with that what a what a horribly ignorant thing to say <laughs> I, he should move into a murder house <laughs> <laughs> that i, I would watch that movie jason blum yeah, right. moves into it's like, like sinister jason three <laughs> i like him but um yeah and and I, I i do have to say like i mean it sounds like it probably sounds like we're complaining about a lot of things, but that's movie discussion. You, you yeah. talk about the things that work and the things that don't work, but it's just more interesting talking about the things that don't work because you can talk about the why and the how and, and what alternate path there were. If you just talk about the things they work, it just gets boring. Um, but we mentioned a few things, though, and I think ultimately, especially like I am going to watch Sinister 2 because that one is still streaming on Netflix right now, So I and I got my active account. I'm going to look so to it, Yeah. Yeah, so I'll watch it, um, just out of curiosity to see, like, am I remembering it correctly? I think I am, but, um, I, I have a feeling it's going, it, cause it, it's, I remember feeling a distinct swell of appreciation for the first one when I saw the second one. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I really. Yeah, I I I I don't remember anything. I don't even remember a box, you know. But <laughs> a kid popping out of a box. But I ultimately I feel like it's 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 an achievement and I like I said I'm still looking forward to seeing more things, but um from from these uh filmmakers. because um, also it's interesting. Um Der- Scott Derrickson wrote and directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which was interestingly enough another film that I felt had a lot of strengths. And then I had a lot of notes, you know, and mm. I've never really discussed that film. I haven't seen it that one in ages
0: either. Um, I've it never seen it. this
1: movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah this is someday. this. This was like his the big movie he did before that, and then he did uh, so sinister, and um, I'll have to look it up again. I know that he did Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange, the first one, yeah. which is interesting because Robert like, Cargill, because yeah. the uh, the new one that's coming out is like supposed to be like. A, like full-on horror film from what yeah. they've i mean i don't believe that because it's mcu like they're like a like an mcu horror film um yeah but it, but <laughs> I, he has no involvement in that as far as i know so yeah no it's not on his imdb page and it would be
1: because that's the next big uh as as of this taping that's the next big mcu movie coming mm-hmm. out i believe um so who knows? Maybe, maybe he's too was too busy working on uh, the black phone, and you know, may, or maybe they just didn't ask him. I don't know. I, maybe it's a good movie. I like Doctor Strange, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, um, I, I I would return to this movie again. I don't think I'll wait another ten years to watch it. I might just have to find the right person to you know screen it for, and just yeah. be like you know. And, and then just kind of laugh when they get scared, because oh, because that was one more thing I wanted to talk about in terms of scares. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's going to live on with me because I think I've seen it done before in ways that maybe capture it a little bit more effectively. But I did appreciate um, just kind of like the the, the low, the uh, low decibel kind of dread that they captured when uh, Ellison is moving through his house and the ghost children are just kind of like just dis- appearing and disappearing yeah. into the shadows and just kind of move. And again, moving in slow motion around him because I think well, he's not moving so much- in like regular time. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's something that keys into like a very kind of old fear of mine. I'm not really afraid of, spirits anymore because I, I i guess i'm as afraid of spirits as i am of just like people because i'm like okay some of them are probably going to be assholes but most of them are probably going to be you know all right and not want to get in my face and agitate me but um, <laughs> but just the idea of being watched and of like a presence and stuff like that used to really kind of creep me out as a child not so much anymore but i was just kind of like yeah. I, I wouldn't want to know what's, you know, what's watching me and what's hanging out and just, you know, lurking and everything like that, especially when they're little kid
0: ghosts. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, like essentially, like I, I as far as we know, like Bagul has like eaten their soul. Right. So it's like, the, like so, that was like it's just like they're they're soulless or something. Or just, they're just part of him at this point. They're an extension of him. What's scary is they can still experience fear because, like, when yeah. he finally
1: appears behind, uh, Ashley at the very end of the movie and all the little children have gathered kind of to usher her into the screen, uh, or to welcome her, mm-hmm. um, they see him standing behind her and they all run away. And I'm, and again, it's that mystery actually is kind of scary to me because I'm like, oh, you think there's, they're used to being scary and that they seem to be as minions that, like, maybe, He has stolen some innocence from them, but they're still innocent enough to be afraid of him. That's messed up. I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, in a good way. I don't (laughs) like it.
0: (laughs) It worked. Okay. So anyway, I I feel like we've talked as much about this as we can. So let's get on to the cherry picker. All right, so last week we had Texas Chainsaw 2022, and I picked Dante, you picked okay. Melody, and yeah. uh, Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube. The final uh, poll results were 319 for Dante and 275 for Melody. Wow. So I don't that was that was your you weren't sure of where people were stood on on Melody yeah. I, this is actually really close. I mean like uh yeah. just in terms of numbers like it, cuz it is kind of like you know almost 50-50 like probably like just looking at the the poll here 5347 so yeah,
1: as I suspected, there were some people I read in the comments on YouTube at least who were well, kind of like, "I mean, she turns in the
0: end." So, let's uh, well, let's go, don't <laughs> reveal that. Let's let's just go through them right now and see what people did say. So, okay. Anthony Depuzzo. I hope De, Depuozo, I hope I said that right. Either one of those, uh Dante, one hundred percent. At least Melody changed her tune once right. eventually. Um, but it's true. I mean, like she, she realized that she did a shitty thing. Dante was just kind of like, oh, I mean, like his whole thing was like, we got to go back into that house and find the papers to prove that we're right. You know, like it was, you're never going to convince me. She annoys me more. She's very annoying. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, like if, if I had first pick, I might've chosen her. So I kind of, this this is also the
1: difference Too also. When Dante died, I was like, oh, when she died, I laughed my ass off
0: and cheered. So
1: that <laughs> should be n- fair enough. But whatever. But if other people don't agree, that's cool. They voted um, and, uh,
0: I concede. Silent I, I Saturn says, uh, to be honest, yeah. I didn't feel strongly about any characters other than Richter, <laughs> other than Richter. And even then only because he was smoking hot. I went with Dante as we got a bit more of an arc with Melody. Um, so yeah, a little bit of Richter love there. Um, yeah, that's that's common. I Sierra, saw
1: a lot of that on Instagram.
0: Sierra Sindrell says, I said like 15 minutes into it that I was going to be so mad, I even wasted my time watching this movie, if Melody didn't die a painful death. I don't know if I've ever hated a character more than her. <laughs>
1: oh god i I got a list (laughs) i got a list of movies for you but i'm glad to hear that that's cool (laughs) Uh, love
0: Ghostface says i don't know if i have a bad feeling toward dante i feel like the movie gave us the impression that he did think he owned the old lady's house even if he hadn't actually checked the papers to make sure i mean don't get me wrong it still sucks but i don't think it makes him more deserving of death than let's say the racist gun guy Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't remember Richter being racist at any point. Well,
1: I know what he's talking about yeah. though. If if it's a, is that a him or a they? I know it's what a they're love talking ghost about. face. Okay, I know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, just because the first, I think I said this in the pod, but like the first time I watched it, I felt a lot more animosity, which I could attribute to racism in yeah. my first screening. And then the second time around, I was like, oh no, I, because I'm as annoyed by these ki- kids in the car as you all are. Yeah. So I understand. I think because the movie was like, a threat. Yeah. it
0: was like giving us the perspective of like, we're supposed to hate this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, then
1: surprised us and yeah on, on re- returning visits yeah we know. It, om- it almost oh, felt like right like right.
0: we were we were being forced to just like we're like why do we hate this guy he's not that bad but uh <laughs> no, 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 understandable Um uh, man yeah. mandejo says was i the only one who wanted the movie to focus on richter <laughs> oh. <laughs> apparently no I, I i said that too so we got we got a little richter hate we got a little richter love here but it's a shame they, he got killed. It's funny that, <laughs> that, that his name back. keeps coming up here. Um, yeah. Jason Slaughter, what an appropriate name, <laughs> says, Melody represented everything wrong with the current generation of Twitter freaks. Thank you! <laughs> yes! Uh, Malik Parker says they both uh-huh. deserve to die, honestly, but Ruth definitely did not. She was hoed. Mm. <laughs> hoed! <laughs> I picked Melody, though.
1: (laughs) I don't know what that means. Go on. (laughs) Neither do I, but she was hoed.
0: Girl got hoed bad. Uh, H o d h o e d H-O-E-D, hoed. Oh, like a garden tool.
1: Okay, Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess she did, because the stab across the... Belly, Maybe,
0: yeah. uh, mm. Tevin Jackson says, I was waiting on Melody to die and then started to grow sour when it looked like she was the final girl. Uh, uh, Thomas Baker says, Dante, definitely Dante. And Lucid21 asks, why Dante? What did he do? I didn't see the film. Well. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you in the comments section?
0: I think I wrote back. I said, see the film. Um, but yeah. it, I mean, comment wise, it looked like a lot of people uh, agreed with you, but the numbers speak for themselves. So
1: there you I, go.
0: I get first dibs here. And I mean, like, I, it should come as no surprise to you. Right. I'm going with Ellison Oswalt because I mean, for all the reasons we said and more, just like a really shitty parent um just selfish narcissistic and uh ignores actual evidence that could result in in the apprehension of a multi-generational serial killer and even if it is supernatural why are you putting your family into a situation that could result in all of your deaths and the disappearance of one of your children. So mm-hmm. short and sweet. It's, it's going to be him.
1: Yeah. Really just listen to the whole pod over yeah. again and you got the <laughs> argument, <laughs> but all right. Um, my choice, uh, get, cause this is really the only other person who I would, wouldn't mind seeing okay. die and who, you know, it actually does deserve to die more. So just because of like the damage, uh, they've caused and I'm choosing Bagul. Mr. Boogie himself. Uh, is that
0: allowed?
1: Why isn't it? He's a character.
0: Uh, carry on. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this goes.
1: <laughs> no, I'm choosing. I'm choosing him because ultimately he's the source of all of the suffering that is depicted in the movie. Um, and granted, he's got a lot of idiots helping him along the way. But he's. I mean, when, you can't be called the eater of children and not deserve to die. That's and also the fact that okay i know it's the children drawing the little drawings of him or anything like and calling him mister boogie and everything like that you know what i don't like about that it it it's spelled b o o g i e like boogie nights like hey come on baby let's boogie i don't like that i don't find mm-hmm. that I, I, uh, we needed uh, like the last scene
0: in- of the movie needed to be uh Baguel, like just <laughs> taking out his 10 inch prosthetic in front of the mirror <laughs>
1: Very Dirk Diggler, yes. <laughs> um, or even just singing a musical number, just going like, you're joking, you're joking, I can't believe my ears. I'm Mr. Oogie Boogie and all that. But, um, <laughs> but see, that's the thing is like the fact that he's called, also, another thing it made me think about the first time I saw it spelled out on the page, I thought like, cause in the UK, don't they refer to boogers as boogies? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like Mister Boogie, like, like Mister Snot, or something like that, which is again not intimidating in the least. So I mean, the, I think he could be legendary if he got a good PR person, or at least got the kids to stop calling him Mister Boogie. Mm-hmm. But um, I think uh, he 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 hasn't earned, as you mentioned. Pretty much from the offset with this pod, he hasn't really kind of like earned his place on the mantle alongside the Freddy, the Jason, the Michael. These are all just regular names too. Yeah. He's got Bagool. He could have been Bagool, but no, nobody, <laughs> I, I didn't even remember either of the names to tell you the truth, but Bagool <laughs> actually could have resonated more if that's the only one they used. But, um, yeah. And the fact that I look at him and think that he's kind of derivative of Billy from Saw. I mean, that's, I, I,
0: he's a Billy Slenderman. Mix, yeah. There you go. Because he's got he has no face. Like there's the no mouth. like there's no like mouth really. Um yeah, he's just and got, it's like black. he's wearing like the, the the black suit. So you know, it's just and black eyes, just yeah. black, 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 black eyes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. So I mean, yeah. I. But but oh, yeah. Uh, the eater of children caused all the suffering. All the suffering on screen. And um. Yeah, I've made my point. I've made my yeah. case. Vote your conscience. Vote your heart.
0: I will allow. That, I feel like that is a little bit of a cheat, because Bagul is not like a living entity. Like, you can't kill that which is not dead, but okay. He's obviously not dead. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he
1: could have been. See, th- this is why we needed more of the ba- lore. We needed to know, is there a way yeah. to destroy Bagul, him? idea. he's, he's, he's him?
0: an idea. He's not a, he's not a person. Okay, ideas don't consume we children. We will They do. I- ideas <laughs> definitely consume children. What are you talking about?
1: And make them evaporate from reality? No.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen it happen before. Anyway, those are your two those are your two picks. You can you can pick Ellis or you can pick Bagul. Uh we'll see where this one goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, you can vote uh, on uh the YouTube community section. You can vote on Instagram. Uh, we'll put the handles up, uh, momentarily and, uh, you can also vote on Patreon. Uh, and I would also like to welcome our newest Patreon supporter, Olax. Uh, so thank you for coming aboard. Um, if you, if you want to support, uh, the podcast or, you know, my main YouTube channel, Patreon is the way to do it. You will get to see and hear these, uh, podcasts, the, uh, Friday before Friday or Saturday um, before they're released. So that's uh one benefit of doing that. And uh, you're going a long way in helping us, you know, produce this and making it better. So yeah. thank you for that. I also do want to thank Andre Felix for Yay! helping with editing all these. And uh, duh, 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 duh. also, if you are new to this and you're listening to the podcast, uh, you can see our faces uh, in the video format of that if you go to The Cherry Picker on YouTube. Uh, And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can also listen to it in audio format. Uh, We are available in both. So the RSS feed is going to be in the descriptions below. And uh, we do have a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, So Mm -hmm. let me find that here. And this one comes from Kyle Miller, 26. Uh, I absolutely love this. The podcast is amazing so far. I was so excited. You were starting a podcast after being such a good fan of your YouTube channels, great episodes so far. And I cannot wait to listen to future episodes, five stars all the way. Awesome. I know that's so nice. I, I, I mean, these are, the thing with, like, the Apple podcasts, because, like, I have to, like, go individually and look, like, through every country. So it's, like, I happened to find this one because he was uh, in Canada, so it, like, automatically comes up. But if if anyone is sure. ri- writing any reviews, which please do, like, it, it helps the podcast yeah. get noticed. If you're, even if you're watching this on YouTube, like, make sure you you like and uh, subscribe and, and do all that. Like, comment as well, because yeah. it does help... Uh, the podcast and the channel and all that get noticed. Um, And, and again, you know, makes things better. So, you know, we appreciate that. Like Kyle, thank you for, for sharing your thoughts. And if anyone else wants to, uh, let us know how we're doing. You can review us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe just drop me a line in like the the video, and just and you can say what region you're from, and I'll be able to find it easier, and we can read it on the on the podcast. But uh, also, uh, if you are new and you didn't know, as uh, Kyle pointed out, I do have another YouTube channel. It's just under Zach Cherry, so that's kind of my main channel. You can check that out as well. Um, you can also follow uh either eddie and i on social media what's your handle my handle is edward is truth you can at me there all one word (laughs) edward is (laughs) truth and you can find me under retro bitch face and that's where the uh the cherry picker poll will be on instagram and uh also i'm on twitter uh i'm not as active on it but you can find me at uh zach cherry eight i always forget I was, I'm pretty sure it's it's in the descriptions uh, of of the the podcast. Um, right. Anyway, uh, next week, what do we got going on?
1: Uh, my brain just went. Oh behind. no! We <laughs> I'll give you a hint.
0: Okay. Uh, represented by the color green, likes gold. Oh, leprechaun!
1: I need me gold. Yes, uh, that's what
0: we're doing. We're doing, doing leprechaun just in time for st patty's day so yeah we got that coming up anyway that is all we have for you in this episode thank you so much for watching listening and we will be right back